Hello, and welcome to AdventureCast, the storytelling podcast where two old friends tell each other stories on a podcast. <laughs> uh, my name is Caleb Reutz. And my name is Stephen Patterson. And welcome to the show. How are you doing, Stephen? Uh, I'm doing okay. How are you doing? It's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. I, I'm having a great day. I'm excited. Yes, me too. Uh, to finally be recording this premiere episode this debut episode of the podcast i can't wait yeah Um, i know know you can't see it at home but we're in a room filled with people our producers here uh editors fans i thought you were gonna say filled with stacks of cash Ooh, that's better which is also true great steven's my best friend and my best friend lives in seattle washington (laughs) with his wife and children that's right that's right that's what that's part of this This one's for you big mike (laughs) (laughs) this is part of the dynamic here it's a very lopsided friendship all right i'm excited to uh, tell you this story and tell the story with you once upon a time there was a horrible monster that was scouring the countryside just traveling it was kind of kind of like a big cat it was a big cat It was like a giant lion, but with many more teeth than a lion has. Uh, And three eyes. Terrifying. Very scary. And it would kind of stalk the countryside and was killing livestock and occasionally peasants and and their wives and their daughters and their boyfriends. And there was a proclamation put out all across the land that whoever, whoever could hunt this monster down and bring the hide of this great beast to the king, they would be able to marry the princess. So, uh, of course, in a small town called Thermopolis. Lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Lovely. Some real world connections. Well, you know, this isn't this isn't the Thermopolis we're all familiar with. This is a, <laughs> a, a an fantasy exotic, exotic Thermopolis. Uh, in this Thermopolis, there lived a hunter who began planning uh, how he was going to track this beast down and and kill it. So the hunter of Thermopolis begins to coordinate his plan, and he thinks, I'm not going to be able to do this alone. I am going to reach out to a few tough, tough, toughies that I know. Uh, so he reaches out and and gets a crew together. And the crew is is a rough and tumble type of crew. Mm. An old friend, an old friend of his, who is a, was a pirate, ex-pirate. This hunter's like, I gotta go find my pirate friend. Well, he lives in Thermopolis now. He's retired. Oh, I see. Yeah. But he's like, I definitely gotta get Pirate Joe on here. <laughs> retired Pirate Joe's definitely gonna help. And uh, his uh, sister, as well, is a very skilled with a knife and he thinks okay well i can track and hunt and she can skin the thing you mm. know really good real good get all Fit the hide. exactly and the final piece of his crew was of course his squire just a just a sweet sweet tender little 12 year old child i see uh who sort of was you know an apprentice very much a squire he got his crew together He's got his crew. He yeah. has He's got Pirate a, Joe. His sister. His sister, who's 
got the, the knife. The knife. Knife sister. Knife sister. And his squire. And they're setting off. Yeah, off they go. There. Uh, so obviously they're from the big city of Thermopolis. And this beast, they have to travel a great distance to the countryside where this beast has been, you know, basically hitting town to town to village to village, just kind of slaughtering everything in, in its wake. And it seems they, the hunter is such a good tracker, it seems like there is a repeating pattern to the beast's moves in that it travels in kind of circular motion. It seems to stay around the perimeter of this large, like circular path. And the hunter's the first one that kind of catches this break and figures this thing out. So that gives them a, a, a leg up. They journey to the countryside and it's, it's a hot, hot summer day. And that's why it becomes so, that's why it's so inexplicable that suddenly there is a blizzard that erupts from the sky. Wow. Uh, and unforeseen unforeseen and they all run for cover and they run into a they run into a what looks to be an abandoned like cabin in the woods uh, to escape this inexplicable summer blizzard in the countryside in which they are unfamiliar once inside the cabin the crew uh is met with the occupants the the the, the person who lives there. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was not an abandoned cabin. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take it right back. <laughs> Shit. Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't have... It's, I'd, all I said was looks to be abandoned. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just looks to be abandoned. It's a little rundown. Yeah, yeah but exactly. But that doesn't mean that there aren't occupants. Yeah, there. well, there's somebody in there. Okay. You know, they once they're inside, they discover that although it looks abandoned, mm-hmm. there is someone living there, uh, and it's living in the bathtub, and it is a giant fish. Oh. So not just like a regular, even just like a large koi fish. This thing's like taking up the whole bathtub. Ooh. It just looks, and it looks like it's gonna get bigger, right? Wow. And they're thinking, <laughs> it looks like it's gonna. <laughs> Yeah, can you describe that for me? What does something look like what looks like it's going to continue to grow? <laughs> you know. Even though it's already giant, you, know, you can tell you, it's like an yeah, adolescent. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. When fish. you see like a like a 13-year-old kid and right. they're like human, six feet tall, and, you're, and you look at them and you're like, you're already pretty large, but like, I know you're going to get bigger. You're, you're not like fully in your... Or when you see a dog, it's got really big paws. And you're like, oh, that's going to be a big dog. Oh, it's got really big paws. What no, an it doesn't part of the story at all. <laughs> what an interesting analogy to use. Uh, no, no, no. So this giant fish, they're thinking this thing is not fully ground, grown. Right? It doesn't look uh-huh. old. Okay. So they're thinking this thing might get bigger. It's giant. Uh-huh. And it's giving off this like terrible odor. Oh, this, this stench. Uh, oh, and the God. crew looks to themselves. And the squire passes out from the smell because he's just a kid. <laughs> and uh, and the, the pirate doesn't really think much of it, you know, because he's a seafaring type. Mm-hmm. And the sister and the hunter are both, like, just disgusted by this thing. And, like, you know, what, you know, we, what are we going to do? We're going to eat this fish now that we're here? It's disgusting. And the hunter thinks to himself, you know, this is interesting. Like, maybe... This is the area that he keeps circling and he can't find what he's looking for. Maybe it's this fish. Maybe the fish is giving off this smell and the giant monster lion Mm -hmm. with terrible teeth and three eyes is 
this whole while just been searching for this creature. Mm. And so what they do is they scoop up some of the water, and he sends the pirate mm-hmm. um, out into the snow, just just a few yards out onto the the lawn, and he sort of scatters the water into the snow banks. Mm. And hurries back inside. And then they all watch from the windows as they hear the sound slowly approaching of this giant beast. And he comes sniffing around the cabin. And they're thinking, shit, it worked, right? We trapped him in here. Just then, the squire jolts awake and has completely shit himself. (laughs) Shit his pants. Shit his pants. Wow. And so now, they're all, they all burst... Into laughter, because this child has just shit his pants. Okay. And that draws the attention of the beast right to the cabin, this noise of the laughter. And so they are... They are worried. (laughs) (laughs) Well, really classy story we're telling here. Our premiere story! (laughs) A little boy... I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I can't wait. A little boy smells a giant adolescent fish, passes out, and shits himself. And then they send the crew, you know, these professional badasses, in just a fit of laughter. Right, yeah. Because this young squire has crapped his pants. Yeah. And Uh, in turn, set the, the beast on them. Of course. So now they're like, fuck. Yeah. So the first thing the hunter notices are the creatures paws because they are actually talons they look like bird talons uh that are the claw like one talon so are so are they paws well they're on a cat creature so you're you're looking for paws if you're looking for uh, and they're talons and one talon on each of these feet is the size of a broadsword. Uh, they're huge. Um, and the hunter's never seen anything so vicious and so scary. And he's a hunter, and he's never seen such inter- like such impressive game. And this makes him very horny. He's horny now. <laughs> he's horny now from the thrill. <laughs> From the thrill of this hunt. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, collapse. <laughs> he's like... He decides... He decides, I don't want to kill this creature anymore. I want to ride it. Stop! No, not, in the se- not in a sexual way. Oh, oh. He doesn't want to fuck the beast. He but wants he wants to, to actually ride it. literally ride mount it. a saddle on it and have it be like his steed. Incredible. So he, as he's had like he's like having these thoughts out the window as uh-huh. the crew's kind of laughing at the little boy who shit his pants, and suddenly the hunter's like back in action, taking it very. He's like, no more laughing. Like I have a new plan. Like this is really important. Like this is what I want to do. So the crew saddles up metaphorically, and they say, let's do it. We, we can distract it, and you can maybe try and get onto its back, and you can kind of pull at its whiskers and try and they're really it. They're really supportive of his, his new endeavor. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah, you know. He's, he's a very charismatic leader. Sometimes yeah, no, it to makes the, sense. Yeah, sometimes to the detriment. They're on board. The he's detriment his, of his peeps, yeah. Uh, I say the detriment of his friends because they go out there, the blizzard's going on, immediately Pirate Joe slain. <laughs> so, one swipe of oh the paw no. talon 
<laughs> just, just disemboweled. <laughs> uh, Squire shits his pants again. <laughs> good Squire's, say. he's never say. seen anything so horrifying. Yeah. Release, he, one of them's disemboweled, one of them's releasing their mouths. Yeah, he's just gonna uh, shit his life force out. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's starting to look a little gaunt. Uh, so, Pirate Joe's dead, that scares everyone. Knife sister, she's like, okay. <laughs> we might have let him went into this little fool, foolhardy, little headstrong. Yeah. Like, new tactic. I have to, I'm going to kill it. Even though he wants to, like, I, the yeah. sister realizes it's a dangerous situation. She's yeah. just going to kill the beast. She goes up, swings to stab her knife into the beast's neck. <sighs> beast is way, way too quick. Swipes at her. Disemboweled. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Two dead. Squire is now unconscious. Face down in the snow. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> of course. But they they were while the monster was killing the sister, who the hunter will mourn at a later time, the hunter is able to use that distraction to get on top of the beast. And he grabs the beast's ears and whiskers and he's kinda, Whoa, whoa, you are that's right, girl. That's, <laughs> oh that's right. Calm down. Calm down. And eventually, it, it works perfectly. Um, the beast is eventually tamed. Oh, <laughs> great. So, uh, so he gets his wish. He's thinking, okay, like I now have my steed. I, what am I going to do now? Right? Am I going to go back to the king and try to like tell him that nobody needs to come hunt for the beast anymore because I've tamed it. Uh, and what he ends up doing is just that. He heads to the kingdom, heads to the castle in Thermopolis mm -hmm. uh, on his steed, and everybody is terrified. And he's shouting, no, it's all right, I've tamed the beast, I've tamed the beast. And he rides up to the castle walls, and he shouts for the king, and the king isn't home. <laughs> The king is, Where's at, the king at? The king is far away, uh, off mm. on a journey. He's uh, maybe at war, maybe collecting treasure. <laughs> yeah. He is not there. Yeah. And the princess is like, yeah, my dad's not here, dude. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Everybody's still going to be hunting this beast that you're on. And mm. just then, her stepmother comes out. Mm. And the stepmother says, no, no, I am in charge now. You know, shut up. You little princess. <laughs> I I will decide what to do about this situation. Um, and so she sees the hunter on the beast, and she's so impressed. Yeah, as um, anyone would be. But she also is, you know, a diplomat, and he's, like, you know, sort of in charge at the moment. And she thinks to herself, like, we cannot just have this crazy man, you know, a weird hunter dude who wants to tame this giant beast. We can't just have him in the beast in the countryside. So she says, listen, we got to kill the beast. And she sets her guards on it and they throw spears and arrows and they start hacking away at the legs and a couple of them get sort of killed, sort of killed in the crossfire. Yeah, uh, they get but mostly dead. And the hunter is crying and is trying to fight them, but he's only one man and they hold him back and they end up killing this beast. And the stepmother thinks to herself like, wow, like this is just sort of a big animal. Like, this is going to feed us for weeks. So the cook prepared it for the feast, and it was delicious. The end. All right, what's it called? What do you want to call that one? 
That story that will be told for generations. Oh, gosh. I would like to call it a summer blizzard. A summer blizzard. Excellent. Which I think perfectly encapsulates how wild this tale is. Yeah, it was a wild tale. I fucked myself immediately. Yeah? And like the first sentence out of my mouth, I was fucked. Why? Because... What was your well, not the first time. Then she realized her love had returned from that foreign land, as he had promised. So I needed to make the hunter married. Of course. Yeah. And have the wife be like, "Don't go, don't go." Right, and then it comes back. But that I made it. I made the hunter. I made it all about this princess that he's never met. <laughs> it was. I was fucked. It was. Listen, I looked down and I had uh, six out of seven. Uh-huh. We're all characters. Yeah, giant fish, pirate, brother, sister, squire. Yep, stepmother. Stepmother. <laughs> so I was thinking, I was like, well, this is just not going to go down. That's why he needed a crew. <laughs> oh, man, I did. I really like that he got all horned up. And then he was like, I just want to ride that beast. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. not as strange. It's really not that strange <laughs> Every, of an impulse. The crew, yeah, the crew just dies. Because he wants to <laughs> befriended all of a sudden. He gets horny uh, and like, mm-hmm. wants to. He again. He, he, he doesn't want to fuck the beast, but like he wants to fuck on the beast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to like fuck while yeah. he's riding oh, the beast totes. down the country road. Yeah, country road. He he shot a couple loads while he was up there. Oh yeah. Um, but I do, and then I enjoyed the fact that he went home and they were like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna kill this thing. Yeah, kill it and eat it. Yeah. That's how it goes sometimes, folks. Once upon a time, there was a uh, sex worker. And she was very passionate. Lived a very passionate life. Everything she did, she did 100%. Incredibly charismatic human being. Mm Mm-hmm. Very loved by her friends and family, supported, and did a lot of, you know, sex work. She was great. The The end. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great story. It really is. Yeah, it is. It really is. So, uh... One day... Mm-hmm. in her travels she does a lot of traveling for her work uh, she met a knight who was one of her clients mm. and she made it a habit not to really get very attached to people that were clients of hers mm-hmm. um, in really any situation regardless of how much physical intimacy they were going to have she sort of tried to keep those relationships at arm's length because it's uh, professional courtesy and just sort of to save her own emotional you know, self from not getting attached to people. However, her and this knight ended up walking through a park for hours, just talking. Mm-hmm. And that's because they were falling in love. Mm-hmm. And they fell so deeply in love that they didn't know what time it was. So they walked all evening through the park um, and into morning. When the morning came, she said, oh, I need to get back home. I'm not from here. I need, to, I need to go home. And she was looking for her satchel. And 
she said, oh, I can't find it. I don't know. I must have lost it. I must have set it down somewhere. Can you help me retrace it? We have to go find my satchel. And uh, it, it contains a very important piece of my family that I carried around with me. The night, obviously being concerned for this person he's falling in love with, seeing how important this is to her, he says, I will, I'll look for it. And I, you know, I'll do my best to find it. In the meantime, here's a satchel uh, for you that I have that you can use. Here's, here's, like, here's, here's uh, you know, for you that you can use, and I want to give it to you as a, as like a token of my love. Um, so while I'm looking for your important satchel with your important stuff that you have chosen not to reveal to me what it is. Here is a satchel that I love <clears throat> for you. And uh, they kiss and they both feel that they are falling in love and she cherish, she's, she plans to cherish this token of love very deeply. Now, this is where the plot thickens a little because in this exchange, in this kiss, someone is hurt. And that someone is the knight's companion who is also a client of our heroine. And he loves her. And he's very jealous. And he's been spying on them on their walk. Yikes. And he, he hates to see her being so affectionate with his you know, companion, but also kind of rival. You know, Because they're like the yeah. two best knights. Yeah, and he got really angry about it. And he burst out of the bushes and he challenged him right then and there to a game. He said, I, I will. And here's, here's the game. It'll be who can go into the ocean and hold their breath the longest without drowning. Whoever can hold their breath the longest uh, should, be, should be able to, to possess this human being. The knight, immediately, the, 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 the knight, the loving knight, uh, the knight of whom she loves, Immediately, he's like, no, Frederick. Like, this is, I will not put this, my love, into some sort of game with you. And Frederick goes, I'm going into the ocean anyway. <laughs> and if you don't come with me, you're a coward. Well, now somebody's honor has been challenged. So now less for the love and more for his honor. He, they both, he follows him underwater. And they both go into the ocean, and they start to hold their breath. While they're underwater, uh, the loving knight, uh, not Frederick, uh, notices something in the sand towards the, the bottom of, of the part of the ocean where they're holding their breath. <laughs> and he notices something in the sand, and it's, it's, the, it's a satchel. And he thinks, there it is. It's my love satchel. Like, this is such a crazy coincidence. Wow. Uh, I wonder how it got here. And he goes and he retrieves it. And Frederick is kind of doing his own thing. And he's like, all right, fuck this. <laughs> I'm out of here. So he swims up uh, with the satchel. And he goes to the beach. And he looks inside. He thinks he probably shouldn't do that. He knows he probably shouldn't do yeah. that. But he looks inside. And he finds the, the uh, item that our heroine was referring to, mm -hmm. and it appears to be a wand. And with that, 
I will pass. So he rises out of the water, looking at the wand, and our heroine is nearby, and he is baffled by what he's seeing, and she is blushing and is, you know, for the first time sort of withheld. And he thinks to himself, he looks at her, and he thinks, oh, now that I, like, I know something about her, I have some personal information, she's completely shifted her persona. She was vivacious and bubbly and very uh, confident, and all of a sudden she's become rather tame. Mm. And it seems that she is, you know, will do anything that I, I, I'm in control now, whereas it was not that way before. Uh-huh. And so she very meekly sort of approaches him and he begins to ask her about the wand and what it is and why she has it. And she explains to him that her family used to hold magic in their blood and they haven't for a very long time, but she has been honored to carry with her this wand that is a treasure of her past. And he gets the feeling that because she's such a, she's shifted her personality so much around it that maybe she's not telling him everything and maybe there is some magic to be held here. Mm -hmm. And he says, okay, well, you know, I would like to give this back to you, but I feel like you're not being fully honest with me. I need you to come with me somewhere private where we can talk. So he, in a turn of events, brings her down to a tomb where his family is buried. Oh, Things are getting very dark. And she is now getting a little scared. This person that I fell very fast in love with is now... He's now shifting. He's bringing me down to this dark, deep cavern. It is dank, and she's frightened. Mm -hmm. He asks her if she's a witch, straight up, as soon as they're (laughs) (laughs) He just asks her. He's like, listen, if you carry magic in you, I need to know about it. I'm a knight. I'm a protector of people. Knights of witches, we don't get along. We all know this, right? We uh-huh. all know this. Uh-huh. We can't be together if you're a witch. Okay. I need to know if you're a witch. And yeah. she's so terrified. <laughs> that seems he's, that's uh, kind of uncool. And she says, uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And he knows that she's lying. And he oh lights a torch oh and pulls it out of the wall where it was. And he lights up above uh, this sort of center casket a grand mural that depicts his family yeah. and the history of his family. Yeah. And not only have they been knights, but they've been hunting witches yeah. for millennia. Yeah. And it sort of like has these symbols that are cascading over. Yes, it does. And uh, she notices at the end of this kind of mural depicting this timeline of her love's family history, at the very end of this mural, it's a, a depiction of her love, the knight, wearing a crown. And she starts to understand that in this family's history and mythology, they think that if they kill all the witches, they will become like the rightful kings of this land. It's a bit of a culty kind Yikes. of vibe. <laughs> uh, it does not seem to really exist in reality. This is just, she's seeing a new side of her love. Yes. Meanwhile, Frederick has followed them <laughs> down, down into the tomb. This fucking guy. He's like, where this the fuck guy. are they going? And he's seeing this all go down. Mm. He's like, oh my God, I think my 
my companion, my mm-hmm. fellow knight, is about to hurt this woman, this woman. I love her. Yeah. I gotta do something about this. So she notices the mural. She understands that her life is in danger. She screams. The loving knight, as we've been calling him, draws his sword and lifts his arm to strike her down. That's how seriously he takes this. And Frederick jumps out of the shadows with his sword drawn. And Frederick is very strong. And Frederick is stronger than the loving knight. And they have a quick sword fight. Bang. Frederick delivers a devastating blow onto the loving knight. Loving knight, dead. Beheaded. Clean right off at the shoulders. Head flies through the air. And the loving knight collapses dead on the ground. And Frederick turns to our heroine and he says, are you okay? And she goes, yes, I was very scared and you were very brave. Thank you. And he says, you're welcome. I don't don't need anything in exchange. He's kind of like waiting for her to say like, oh, like I love you now. He's kind of waiting for that. Sure. And she's just like, like, thank you. Like, yeah, do, she's do just you grateful. know the way out of here? Like, yeah. in, you know, a little bit. She's not, he's not quite getting what he wants. So he's kind of bitter. And he's like, oh, yeah, follow me this way. And while they're in the confusion and the darkness of the tomb, he steals her satchel and the wand. And he's like, great, like, fuck you. I just saved your life. And not even like a kiss. It's bogus. Frederick's, you know, he's kind of a tool. So he steals her satchel and he takes it back to his his tent. And she kind of goes her own way, not noticing that the satchel's missing. And he goes back to his tent and he's like, great. I'm going to use this wand and I'm going to use it to, to fix my broken life. Like, I am a terrible person. I have made so many terrible decisions. I, like, I'm going to use this wand and its power to leverage some good things into my life and fix some of the mistakes I've made. He goes and he opens the satchel and he notices immediately all of his, the night he just slain, all of his like personal belongings. And he goes, oh shit, I took the wrong satchel. I took the satchel he gave her as a love token. And there's no wand in here. Satchel mix up. <laughs> just just then the the knights guard kind of the 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 police for knights like the knight police <laughs> they're like knights but they're like a little more regal a little more royal they're like yeah a little you know what i mean yeah, yeah. they appear at his pavilion his tent doors with our heroine in tow and she looks mad and she goes, there he is. And they say, do you, do you have something that you want to say, Frederick? Do you have something you want to confess to, Frederick? And he goes, no. And she goes, he stole from me. <laughs> she is ungrateful. Ungrateful that he saved her life. <laughs> She's... He stole from me. That's the guy. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, wow. She's a complicated woman, and I she like is. it. I'm into it. Yeah. Because she, she knew... You can't, you can't pin she her She knew down. what he was trying to do. She knew that she was going for the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's different, you know? Yes, yeah, no, she That knew. has power. That's, like, some and, family and stuff. And he killed that guy, even if it saved her. You know, right, he knows. did behead her, and he's, he, she got a little, like, rapey vibes at the in the tomb. And he knows that she's a witch. She's got to do something about it. Right, so there he is. Yeah, all these reasons to, like, turn him in. And he, they say, do you have something you want to confess to? And he goes, no. And they go, well, okay, we're going to search your pavilion. Like, do you want to confess to us now? And he goes, no. Not, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, uh, murdering our, one of our best knights. Uh, stealing from this young woman. Uh, a satchel that he gave her. He goes, I didn't do any of that. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and they, <laughs> they bring him out of the pavilion they set him down on a rock and they search the pavilion and the search revealed the stolen love token in his pavilion and he was punished. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. Wow. The search revealed the stolen love token in his pavilion and he was punished. <laughs> so specific. Incredibly I, uh, specific. It was. I had to... How beautiful. What a tangled, like, evening and morning that this <clears throat> woman had. Yeah, it was yeah. really intense. Mine was about how they had to, no matter how hard they searched for it, they were never able to find it again. So mm. it was, you know, I, that's, of course, that's right. why she had to lose something. Right, right. But what happened later is much more interesting. <laughs> I am in love with this. What's it called? What did I say? A satchel mix-up. Satchel mix-up. Satchel <laughs> Well, maybe that buries the lead a little too much. Or that's the opposite of burying the lead. Oh, yeah. Maybe that unburies. Maybe that digs up the digs lead. Digs up the lead. Because that, there's yeah, a bit of a twist at the end. You know? So instead, I'll call it uh, the mural. Beautiful. Beautiful. What a dark and and Yeah, it's kind of grim tale. and gothic. It is. I like it. Sort it sort of starts really like... Lovely, right? Know, starts yeah. like very innocent, like we're about to watch a love story. Well, yeah, I mean, it starts yeah. becomes something else, right? I mean, it is lovely and sweet, but like she's also a sex worker, so it does have this kind of like edge to it. Oh, That's sure, not, like, polite. Not, you know, sex workers can be polite. I'm, I'm saying in like usually when you're hearing stories in Western literature, yes, about sex work, it's yeah. usually about a kind of underbelly. Right. It has a seediness yeah, it, it does, it does. And well, even her like falling in love with him too, it is like a little bit like, oh, what are we about to, you know, somebody's right, gonna get. Right. I know in this modern world in 2020, the stigma of sex work is vanishing rapidly. Oh, yes. I know we both have OnlyFans accounts. Please like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, great. Yeah, yeah I really, wonderful. I really enjoyed these two stories story. that we just told. Uh, so did I, and I. We hope that you did as well. Um, I don't think we we've got the end, the beginning of this episode down. I don't know exactly where we're going to do to end them. All right, um, but readable, I do, uh, yeah, baby. I do think that everyone uh, out there should should get wet. Yeah, love one another. Love one another. And maybe um, we should put in like a clip from. Ron Howard's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, sure. Maybe we should, like, Jim Carrey's Grinch maybe should yeah. like, be our, our send-off. 
Oh, sure. Just, you know, like a little, uh... Nope. Great. I got, I got nothing. Great. <clears throat> well, that seems like a great place to end it. <laughs> uh, we're so excited to, to keep doing this, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed those two wacky little stories. Yeah, we love you guys. Love you. I thought you meant me. I mean, I do love you.